Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about gathering, developing, and talking through information as part of the PeaceWorks process. But before we jump into that content, I want to take a moment and remind you of Men of Peace. At the time of this recording, we are uh, beginning Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and PeaceWorks has been involved in numerous ministries, but the one that is really unique to us is the Men of Peace digital course. Uh, Men of Peace is a a complete gathering of all of my past group coaching teaching placed into a digital course to help you uh, navigate your own use of abuse uh, in your family, uh, building a shepherding team, developing accountability, walking through stages of discipleship. I think it is a fantastic next step for men who have identified themselves as abusive or destructive and are looking for a guide, a tool to accompany their shepherding or discipleship community in helping them walk through transformation. You can learn more about Men of Peace at menofpeace.org or chrismoles.org. All right, so today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Men of Peace, and in particular, uh, the W. So if you're a new listener to the podcast or maybe you're new to PeaceWorks, uh, let me just fill you in a little bit. On, uh, on myself and some of the work that we've done over the years. So my primary engagement in domestic abuse intervention and prevention uh, was through batterer intervention programming. That's how I got my start and has evolved into, you know, working with the church and then also working with men who um, claim to be believers who are also caught in their own abusive habits and tendencies and behaviors and you know, through that process of, of over a decade of walking with the church in this work, I have worked with numerous men, uh, pastors, missionaries, lay people, uh, individuals from uh, around the world who have discovered that they themselves were abusive or destructive with their partners, and they were looking for a gospel-centered or biblical model to help them process what they have done the motivation behind that, the necessary steps for change, and of course, the redemptive aspects of the gospel. And in those interactions over the years, we have developed a number of resources uh, through what we initially had called Men of Peace Coaching uh, or Men of Peace Groups. And Men of Peace Groups were groups that I ran virtually for many years. And uh, eventually, the the demand became a little higher than my ability to meet those needs. And uh, last year, about a year ago, uh, we launched the Men of Peace self-paced course. It was a digital course that contained uh, the process, all of my material that I used with men, uh, instructions on how to build your own shepherding team. Uh, And we launched that course a year ago in the hopes of just gathering data, uh, helping those that we could help, but then also a proof of concept, and uh, it it has done very well in that we are seeing 
uh, and learning a great deal. Uh, for, for those of you who are interested, we are seeing a, um, I would consider a high completion rate compared to other models. We're also seeing uh, a variety of uses as some churches are working uh, with an individual, with a team surrounding that individual. Some churches uh, are using the Men of Peace course as homework for already existing biblical counseling. So the counselor doesn't have to be a, an expert in domestic abuse, but uh, has enough education and skill as a counselor and then is using the Men of Peace course to help with homework and, and supplemental material for their counselee. We're also seeing groups that have been formed as some churches and ministries are using the self-paced course as their own um, curriculum for Men of Peace groups. As each man subscribes to the course, they are then facilitating group discussion uh, based on the homework. So we're really excited about the things that have been happening with the course, and we wanted to take Domestic Violence Awareness Month, just take that time to talk to you about the basic elements of the course. And if you're a man who listens to the PeaceWorks podcast and you have been accused of being abusive or you recognize your own destructive patterns or you're in the process of discipleship currently, uh, attempting to experience transformation. Uh, we just wanted to give you a little glimpse at what Men of Peace has to offer. And we're actually going to give away the best part of the course, and that's the PeaceWorks process. Uh, the PeaceWorks process is the success path that we have developed over years of working with men, and it's something that we affectionately call the W. Now, the, the W simply is the image that we use, and it's of the letter W. Uh, and the reason why we use that is because it has three points on the top and two points on the bottom, and the PeaceWorks process is a five-step process. And so we move from the top uh, left corner of the W, the very you know, first pin stroke down to the, the first pivot point, back up to another major point, back down to another pivot point, and then back up uh, to continued discipleship. And those points are, uh, first of all, information. That's point number one. The first pivot point, uh, as you, you know, draw the pin down, is ownership and responsibility. The next pivot point in the middle top is transformation. The next point, which is a pivot point at the bottom, is surrender. And then the final point is reformation. And I want to talk just a little bit today about information, uh, just to let you know why we see that as such an important piece to the work that we do and how I think that could be a tremendous benefit to you if you're um, experiencing kind of your own consequences or you're struggling a little bit with understanding the concepts this would be uh, a valuable exercise for you. When we talk about information, we're not just talking about gathering data as a counselor or a helper, although that's really important. I do want to say that if you're a helper listening in, that is one of the things you should take your time on is learning, gathering data, not just regarding the, the case or the incident that brought the counselee to you, but the individual setting in front of you their um, history of using destructive patterns, getting details about those destructive patterns, uh, and then also connecting them to an understanding 
of uh, abuse dynamics. And that really is what the information stage of the process is about. Understanding, first of all, what is domestic abuse? I think it's important for an individual who is abusive to understand the concepts of abuse. Now, there is a fine line here because um, without proper education, they could take that terminology, they could take that material, and they can easily twist it. You know, they can easily begin to claim that they're abused or they can use it against their partner. That's why it's important to place that information in the context of what we're talking about and who we're talking to. So we do want to talk about aspects of power and control. We want to establish early on uh, the idea of abuse being one person using their power to control, diminish, demean another. We want to help illustrate that through the, the big rocks, as it were, those major movements that we see in abuse, things like physical and sexual abuse, things like uh, the use of economics and finances, aspects of uh, psychological abuse or what we call gaslighting and giving these big broad stroke examples of how individuals in power, typically husbands, use that power to harm their partner. And then we want to move more into the tactics of abuse, things like intimidation, manipulation, coercion, threat, using the children, uh, specific examples of economic abuse or emotional abuse, ridicule, for example, really showing the men that we're working with what abuse looks like kind of at the street level, what it looks like practically speaking. And we don't want to just stop there. We want to gather the data of how they or you as an individual has been participating in that. So the information stage would look something like we would be talking about intimidation, for instance. And then I'd want to know, you know, when, if at all, has your wife been intimidated by you? What's the story? When did that happen? Was that the first time? Was that the only time? learning more about how you use intimidation. What about coercion, manipulation, threats, and so on? Gathering that data really begins to develop a pattern so that we can place ourselves in the story. It's a lot harder to continue to deny abuse when you're confronted with the multiplicity of ways in which you have harmed your partner. It may be easy to say, well, I'm not abusive. I was just mean when I called her that name. But it's a lot harder to say I was not abusive when we not only have the instance in which you called her that name, but also when you um, coerced her into doing what you wanted, and also the instance when you threatened her, and also the instance in which she was intimidated, and also the instance in which you called her crazy, and also the instance in which you isolated her from her family. You see where I'm going is when we begin to build patterns, we begin to see a lot clearer how power is being used to control. And that's one of the reasons why in the information stage of the PeaceWorks process, we spend so much time talking about behavior. Not that behavior in and of itself is abusive, but we do see that the ways in which I treat, the choices that I make, right, um, affect my understanding of whether or not I'm destructive or abusive. And seeing all these different ways in which I have intentionally and even sometimes unintentionally harmed my wife 
are important to developing that framework of understanding. You know, the information uh, phase also involves understanding the impact because the, the idea of all of these choices that I've made is one of the things that we're going to need to own that we'll talk about in our next episode. But there's also something else that needs to be identified, and that's the effect. Now, some folks would balk, and they'll say, well, you know, Chris, the, the effect is really subjective. You're really now just saying, you know, if someone feels like they're abused, they're abused. And, and I would say I think that's an oversimplification. In fact, uh, you cannot deny that cruelty has an effect or cruelty has an impact. Is there some subjectivity to it? Well, yes, some people will experience cruelty in different ways. Some folks are just more resilient than others. Some respond differently. But that doesn't mean that the act of cruelty itself is not causing an effect or an impact. The impacts of abuse may include things like, was your wife afraid of you? Did she change her behavior? Did she lack an aspect of agency? Was she confined, restricted? Was she um, not only not heard, but was she dismissed? How would she describe the incident that you just described? These type of information gathering tools are designed to help the individual see that it's not just my choices that are abusive, but my impact, the impact that it has on my wife is also important. It's one thing to say, I did not mean to break my wife's hand. That was an accident. And yet, in the course of trying to control her, trying to restrain her, trying to eliminate um, or, or reduce her freedom by trying to keep her from doing something you didn't want her to do, her thumb, her finger, her hand was broken. Not only do we have to own the choice of restraint and isolation, we really need to own the choice, or I should say the impact of a broken hand. That's the type of things we're doing at the information stage. The, the idea of our actions and their impact, our choices and their impact. And then also we'll be discussing uh, our motives, understanding what we want in the course of these patterns of behavior. And the Bible tells us that we do what we do because we want what we want. That's a principle from James chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Is it not your desires that work within you? You want something and you can't have it. So you kill and you covet. Well, in our world, um, abuse has a choice. Abuse will often have an impact, an effect, and there will often be an underlying motive. Now, some will say, not all abuse is intentional, just as my example of I didn't mean to break my wife's hand. Um, but there still was an aspect of motivation. What was motivating you to restrain her in the first place, to isolate her in the first place? Was it, was it very obvious I wanted to keep her under control, or was it seemingly more benign I, I wanted to feel, I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. I wanted to avoid discomfort. Regardless, there are questions to be asked. What did you want when you punched a hole in the wall? 
What did you hope would happen when you screamed at your partner? What did you hope would not happen when you took the car keys? How did this incident benefit you? Those type of self-reflective questions are helpful in uncovering aspects of motivation. And those are the three areas that we'll most, uh, spend most of our time on in the information piece. Choices, actions, what did you do? What choice did you make? Impact, how did it affect your partner or others or yourself or your relationship with God? And then motivations, what did we want or what did we hope would happen uh, during this interaction? And then the question uh, becomes, what do we do with that information? And what does that information look like? If we've done our work well, it should be a large collection of items. And I will say it takes men a little while to get the hang of doing this type of information collecting, this type of self-reflecting. But when it's done well, it involves lists of abusive behavior. It involves lists of impacts and involves lists of motivations and heart desires. You see, I think we tend to run ahead sometimes in biblical counseling. We really uh, hear one incident and we really chew on that and maul on that incident. We really try to get a quick confession and repentance. And uh, then we want to move on to the put-offs and the put-ons. And I'm asking I'm asking you as helpers, and I'm also asking you as men who might be going through the Men of Peace course to slow down, to really evaluate the ways in which you've potentially harmed your partner. See, once you actually gather good data, good information, when you get to a place where you can actually confess well the choices that you've made, then I think transformation's more likely because it's hard to confess and repent of something vague. If the depth of your sin is, I'm misunderstood, then transformation's not around the corner. If the depth of your sin is that I need to be more loving, then I don't see how you're going to get a foothold to make change. But if you really acknowledge that I punched a hole in the wall, I restrained my wife, I strangled my wife. I called my wife these horrible names. I isolated my wife from her family. I restricted her access to the income. I uh, dictated what she could wear and not wear. I Once you begin to really line up that pattern of behavior and then say, you know what happened? It, it caused her to be afraid. It contributed to her anxiety. It put her in a position of defensiveness. It really kept her off guard. Why did that happen? What did I want? Well, I wanted to be in control. I wanted to, uh, to be certain. I didn't want any mystery in my life. I just wanted peace. All of those things can be evaluated through a biblical lens, confessed, repented of, and changed. Alternatives can be developed. If we stay in vague, fuzzy language, then we won't experience change. That's why we have to get specific. And that's why the first step in the W the first step in the PeaceWorks process is information. It's information that you need in order to change, and it's information that you need in order to understand the aspects, the extent uh, of your own choices uh, and your own abuse. Well, guys, I hope that that was clear and helpful. 
the PeaceWorks process is really about informing, transforming, and reforming, giving men an opportunity to own their sin and surrender to the work of Jesus Christ. And we cover all of those things uh, in the entire Men of Peace self-paced course. But as you've heard today, we really hit the information stage hard right from the beginning because we need to know the choices that we've made, the impact that those choices make, and the motivations behind them. If you want to learn more about the Men of Peace self-paced course uh, and the opportunity for you to participate in that, if you are a man who identifies as destructive or abusive, you can learn more at menofpeace.org. If you're a people helper, I'd invite you to visit that website as well or head over to chrismoles.org and learn a little bit more about our ministry at PeaceWorks. We're so thankful for everyone who listens to the PeaceWorks podcast. If you are a regular listener and you haven't already, would you please rate, review, subscribe, follow, do whatever it takes to let the platform you're listening on know that you value the PeaceWorks podcast. Thank you guys so much again for listening and being part of our PeaceWorks family. Until next time, God bless.